Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Join over 5,000 attendees for the largest AI event in Asia, Super AI in Singapore, June 5th and 6th, 2024. Edward Snowden, Benedict Evans, Balaji Srinivasan, and over 150 others will hit the stage, joining the industry's most influential to explore and unveil the next wave of transformative AI technologies. Singapore will become a vibrant AI hub for a full week from June 3rd to the 9th, with over 150 side events that will make for unparalleled networking opportunities. Visit superai.com for 20% off tickets with the code REALVISION. Look for the link in the description. I'm not sure if I should be flattered or offended that I was asked to host this panel because the topic is my biggest crypto fuck up. And anyone who follows me knows that I have violated probably every one of the 10 commandments of crypto fuck-ups that you could possibly have. So I probably am sadly the right man for the job. We've got an amazing panel uh, today. We've got OVOSF as an artist and investor, Fuck Render, who's an artist, and of course, Jessica Walker, now from Coin Bureau, although it's, you know, I'm not used to introducing you as Coin Bureau. So congratulations <laughs> on that move. Really awesome. And I think uh, now we just have to dive in, unfortunately. And each one of us, I think, to start, will share one of our biggest fuck-ups. Now, like I said, I, I've had so many, it's hard to know where to start. I was trying to kick through my brain as to the worst. Now, I can tell you that if you ask my wife, my biggest crypto fuck-up in history was definitely trading Doge through 2016, 17, and 18 and not holding it because the few thousand dollars I made here and there on Doge, we did a calculation I think would have been worth roughly $70 million at the top of Doge. Uh, and I did not capitalize on that. So I, I would say that that uh, hindsight is 2020 sort of fuck up. But if we're getting really into the actual fuck ups, it's something I've shared quite a few times. Obviously, I was one of the uh, lead creditors on Voyager. I lost millions of dollars on that platform. And uh, I would say that buying into CFI, hook, line, and sinker, you know, obviously platforming, well, SBF, that wasn't CFI. But of course, Steve Ehrlich from Voyager and Mashinsky from Celsius and being a true believer that uh, what they was doing were doing was good and and you know to some degree promoting that to the audience and then losing so much uh myself was probably the biggest lesson that i've ever learned uh and clearly has pushed me even further towards self-custody even though it's still the bulk of my assets were, were there so i would say for me it, it's hard to point to anything other than uh losing that much money on those platforms that i truly believed in is probably my biggest fuck up next we're going to go to ov osf uh you get to now uh bear your heart i hope yours uh cost you a little less than mine <laughs> uh well where do i start i've definitely got a few of them um i would say there's two that i'd like to highlight the first one probably just because of the monetary amount that was foregone which is not too dissimilar to yours scott um i, I actually back when nfts were a thing in, in 2021 i actually um minted 150 board apes um just in like in a moment of like kind of being drunk to be honest with you and, and uh craziness <laughs> um 
and I think they're like 0.08 ETH each and you know after a day and I was just like flipping stuff and trading stuff at the time and after a day or two I was like oh cool I'll just like you know these are up like 5x or whatever or 10x I'll just sell them and move on um, and obviously they all went up like a thousand x afterwards we did get back into the trade but I mean on this trade I left something like 30 or 40 million dollars on the table um, not including all the airdrops and all that stuff you got afterwards so that was a pretty brutal one um, that I still can't get my head around uh, the second one like the monetary amount wasn't as much but this was something that, that I just did out of like complete complete stupidity um, I was basically uh, I don't know if you guys remember Anchor Protocol um, which was uh, part, of, <laughs> part of the infamous uh, Lunar Terra ecosystem but um, I used to have my a bunch of money in, in, in UST and the Terra dollar and I used to stake it on Anchor Protocol which was paying 20% at the time. Um, I actually took my money out before it blew up. The, the, the mistake that I made is I was converting some UST into USDC. It was actually quite a large amount, and, you know, into the seven figures. And I was doing this conversion or like transaction on, on KuCoin. And I basically hit market order instead of limit order. So the, you know, the UST versus USD, USDC should have been the same price. They're one for one, uh, both stable Not that coins. liquid. <laughs> yeah. Not very liquid though, as I found out. Uh, and I just hit bang, market order. And I was like, fuck, what did I do? And I scrolled down. So my last fill was at like, um, like 69 cents on the dollar or something like that. And I was like, who, who is there like bidding that for, for, for that price? But um, I ended up losing something like 180 grand just from... Oh just from like a um, market order instead of a, a limit order on that conversion. It was a, yeah, I was very angry about that for, for a long while. <laughs> and quickly, I just look, looked at the brief and realized that uh, I was supposed to introduce everybody or that we were supposed to introduce ourselves in this, in this process. So I'm just going to have you guys do that as we go around. Obviously, I'm Scott. I am a podcaster and whatever. That's it. That's me. But maybe, uh, maybe over you could just give us the quick background and then, and then Jessica and Fred, when we come to you, give us the background before your, your fuck up. Yeah, so I, I used to be a trader in, in, finan in traditional financial markets for about 10 years. I first bought Bitcoin in 2021, um, got into the NFT game in, in March 21 as well from, from a collecting and buying standpoint. So, um, you know, spent most of that time in 21 just degening around in the crypto space, kind of transformed into an artist at the end of that year as well. So um, that takes a lot of my time as well. But yeah, that's pretty much it. And he's got a cool skateboard in the background. So he's basically Tony Hawk. <laughs> Go ahead, Fred, you're up. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a fuck render. I'm an artist, digital artist, um, and I've been been doing art pretty much for ten years now. Um, and I joined the NFT space. I started with NFTs, of course, uh, as an artist. That was very appealing for me. Uh, but I really fell in love with crypto and all that stuff uh, in uh, early 2020, late 2019, I would say, if I remember well. My memory is very bad, so. Um, and yeah, my biggest fuck up, that's, uh, I have, I have too many. Um, I think my, I, I think my biggest, but I, actually I don't see it as a fuck up because I've learned so much from it. Right. Um, but I stored my seed phrase on my fucking desktop, like my, my main desktop. Right. Um, so that was like, like first few months of, of doing anything crypto. I, I, I put my MetaMask seed phrase there started to make pretty good sales on Nifty Gateway and all that stuff. And I lost about uh, half a million dollars um, uh, on a phishing scam. You know, like as an artist, like I always get like uh, work inquiries and all that stuff. Like they always send me like 
these PDFs and stuff like this. And I opened that PDF and it was like a screensaver link. Um, yeah, Manifold made a pretty good manifesto. If you if you type for render hack, uh, you'll 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 read all about it. It's pretty pretty interesting. And and what we did uh, to recover some of the NFTs, but we lost all the coins. And I remember I bought like I think I had like forty thousand axes. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Axie Infinity, but so I bought I bought that was my first token I've ever bought was Axie, and it was like four cents. And they took forty thousand axes, and a few months after it was like one point six million dollars. I was like, fuck. But yeah, but I bought I bought back a bunch of Axie right after because to me like that was like that was what I was interested in crypto all blockchain mechanism and I think Xfinity is still dope to my eyes but yeah so I I think that was my probably my biggest like the the, the other ones more like things I should have done or thing I shouldn't have done but yeah I think we all have our little stories right if you're here long enough it's you can tell yeah. by listening to everybody that everybody's made these massive mistakes if it makes you feel any better apparently ftx and sbf also got fished for a hundred million dollars on a bad google link and they kept their uh, private seeds in plain text files on computers where everybody there could see that came out today in the trial for anyone who wasn't paying attention if you want to know just how incompetent and stupid these people were then uh, there's a little uh, anecdote for you Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jessica, you're up. I can't imagine you've ever made a mistake here. No way. If you've not, if you've not got any battle scars from crypto, then you've just not you've not tested it out enough. Um, so I would say, from a kind of personal investing perspective, oh, let me do a little introduction first of all. So um, previously, I've been a content creator in a forex bank, moved over into crypto, and so had some time in some great establishments, CoinMarketCap, now currently the host of Coin Bureau and also running up their event arm. So we have some exciting events coming next year. Uh, when it comes to mistakes in the industry, Ovi, you said something pretty significant there, which was kind of, you managed to take your money out before it blew up. And I cannot say that I was not lucky. November 2022, a pretty critical time. You mentioned the FTX implosion there. Uh, I was in Istanbul when the FTX implosion had started. I went over into Istanbul Blockchain Week, TRT World, which is the main Turkish broadcast station, worked, reached out and said that they would like me to come on and talk about what was happening in the market. I went onto the station and gave them a little run through. And during this live stream, we were helping them compile a little script of the kind of Alameda FTX downpour. And during that time, I was so invested in given the narration of what was going on in the markets that I forgot to take 18 ETH off BlockFi. Uh, so oh, that nice. was a little bit of telling the masses to take their money off centralized exchanges and not doing the same myself. So always now stick with the mantra of don't be, don't panic, but be proactive. Such a challenge though, because 
there comes a point where everybody has to get their money into cash, right? And so you need the yeah. centralized exchanges, even if you're really diehard about self-custody. I think that those challenges uh, come around regardless. So I think we just shared some of our own biggest fuck-ups. I literally have a list of a, another 20 I could probably share off the top of my head, and I'm sure all of you do. But do you guys have any anecdotes of other people you know, other stories, maybe ones we haven't shared, but to help the audience understand the other potentials, attack vectors, mistakes that can be made, that you've heard of uh, that may be huge stories that could that we could share. One of mine was, I think so many of them are phishing links. I had a friend, he's a he's a chiropractor and a doctor, right? Not but but was very passionate about crypto and really understood self-custody, was very, you know, deep down the rabbit hole. And one day he just woke up at four o'clock in the morning and for some reason he was in a telegram group and it, he thought it was the actual telegram group, but it was a mirror of the telegram group. And basically, you know, gave someone his private keys for an airdrop and they drained his wallet of a million dollars. You're talking about a guy who like was so cautious and really, I think the lesson is it just takes one fuck up, right? I mean, you just, they catch you when you're tired and you think you're talking to someone who you're not. This Telegram group had 20,000 people in it. It had an account for every one of the moderators of the actual group. It had a full fake website that was to the project that he was very passionate about. And he really thought he was talking to a friend and, you know, for some reason just thought, I'm going to give up my private keys so that they can airdrop this to me because there was a complication and lost a million bucks, you know, uh, which he was intending to potentially retire and go travel the world. And, you know, I think we, we've all been there. So uh, that that's one for me. So I think that the lesson there being just be exceptionally careful about who you're talking to or think you're talking to and what links you click. And never under any circumstances do you have to give someone your private keys literally ever, right? Uh, Ovi, you have any? Yeah, I had um had a good friend who well he made multiple mistakes. Um, the first one was he kept a lot of money um, on Coinbase, so pretty much all his crypto holdings were on Coinbase. And the second mistake that he made was that his two-factor authentication was by phone text message. Um, so what happened was he got SIM swapped. Someone actually called him up, presenting to be his mobile service provider um, a few days before the hack happened, and they said, "Hey, we can offer you a better deal, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Um, let me just take your details. So he gave them his full name, date of birth, address, like everything. Um, they were then able to um, call up the network provider and uh, transfer his SIM to a new SIM, a new SIM basically. Um, they obviously scanned through everything that he had two-factor authentication on for phone text message and they got to his Coinbase. Um, they were able to access that through the 2FA um, and basically just drain everything and, and, and take everything out of it. So. Um, I would say try not to, I mean, don't have all your crypto in one place, try and split them into different places, mm -hmm. I think is a good, um, a good method. So your, your attack vector is only side to one thing. Um, and the second thing I would say is like, just don't use phone text messages for 2FA, like either use a Ever. app on your phone or I use, um, I think called a YubiKey, which is like a physical hardware device. And you literally have to like press it with your finger to authenticate things. So, you know, it just makes it impossible to hack you unless someone's like, there beside you physically so um yeah watch out for, for, for those i've been sim swapped raise has have any of you been sim swapped i've been sim swapped never Touching i didn't do words. anything wrong and i didn't lose <laughs> any money but i have been sim swapped fred go ahead um i don't have too many things with my my friends i think i'm i'm the one who really fucked up all the time um <laughs> yeah um I, I i have one friend who was like doing a dj set on on the central end uh like that's like early 2020 and 
nah, yeah, tw mid 2020. And uh, he got into a fake uh, Decentraland league, and the way to log in was enter your seed phrase. And he entered his seed phrase, got drained. He didn't add too much, but still was painful for him to lose what he had. Um, all of this for a DJ set on Decentraland. So I think that's like, if I, if I think about something, my friends, that's pretty. I'm, I'm, I feel grateful right now because my friend didn't fuck up too much. Yeah, that's good. Jessica? I think if we're on the topic of sim swapping and hacking, I'm here in Amsterdam now for Bitcoin Amsterdam. And one thing that is really prevalent from people that have been to a few conferences, they'll say, do not go on to the local Wi-Fi network at a crypto conference because you never know who will be able to infiltrate any of your laptops or your mobile phones and devices. And actually for newcomers, if you are looking to go into the conference space, it happens to all of us. It's really an easy mistake to make. You might just forget at that moment in time, but just be very careful when it comes to logging into public networks where you are. I think that's one kind of key thing. I've heard a few horror stories. Yeah, the other thing at crypto conferences that I've heard horror stories about is that people will go advertising what looks like a new product and hand out QR codes and things like that all over the conference. And then you use your phone and you you, know, you uh, enter the QR code and in some way that gives them access. I think SIM swapping has to be one of the biggest ones now. And we've seen a ton of friend tech related SIM, SIM swap uh, issues. We've seen a ton of people having SIM swap issues and then getting their Twitter taken over with big accounts, and then those Twitter accounts start tweeting out scams and people click on them. Uh, Meta Lawman is one of the guys that happened to, and I, I was talking to him today, he literally hasn't even gotten his Twitter back in like six months because uh, it got suspended by the scammer and he's never been able to get his account back. But we've seen that with a ton of huge accounts. And I think a lot of that goes back to what Ovi sort of mentioned there, is just never use your SMS as an authenticator. I'm almost convinced this is not financial advice. You're better off like without one than even having SMS because, because of the ability of that to be exploited. When I was SIM swapped, you know, I, was, I didn't really realize what was happening at first. I was sitting there, I saw my service go off. Um, and then I started getting a bunch of reset emails, Coinbase and such. I didn't have any money on any of them. All of my money was at that time basically in self-custody. And also I always use a separate device for all my authentication. So I would, if we're now moving on, I guess, to maybe giving some practical advice that people can do, never using SMS. And even if you use Google Authenticator or something like that, don't do it on the actual phone that you're using that somebody can theoretically take over or, or steal. I mean, for me, I shouldn't be probably sharing it, but it's on a completely separate device. It's generally like in a safe, off-site. I'm pretty anal now about the way that I've done it because SIM swapping. But SIM swapping for me was like the worst nightmare just for inconvenience and fear. Like what are they gonna go after next and rushing to change all your passwords and all those things. But luckily because they weren't able to access any of that authentication, they ended up getting nothing from me. But if you're at all in crypto and you don't have to be a big name or a notable person, eventually they're gonna try, right? I mean, we know that we know that Ledger, like, you know, and they're amazing. And, but all these companies, BlockFi, literally almost everybody has somehow had some sort of breach at some point where your data is likely in the dark web, even without a breach. And what Ovi described that, well, I mean, the, the SIM swap, I mean, that's very common. You can pay someone at T-Mobile or AT&T or Verizon, literally like there's people for like a hundred bucks will SIM swap you who work at that company because they're like, well, I just made a day's worth of wages. 
and they, or, or you get socially engineered in the way that he described. So I would say that keeping your authentication on a separate device and never using SMS is a really practical way. Do you guys have any other like really glaring advice, how to avoid the phishing links, these other mistakes that you've made? Uh, we, anyone can jump in. I don't think we need to necessarily go around the horn. Yeah, I think um, I would definitely advocate having a hardware wallet. So, you know, either Ledger or Trezor or whatever. And mm -hmm. not only that, but I would advocate using a hot wallet for your day-to-day -day transactions, whether you're like minting a new NFT or like, you know, swapping something on chain, whatever it is, connecting your wallet, that should all just be on a hot wallet, which is basically empty, like a burner wallet where there's nothing there. So if you do click on a phishing link or you do mess up and we all have these um, lapses in our concentration sometimes, um, then you just, you know, you're not losing, you're not risking anything within that wallet itself. And you should hold all your most valuable assets within your um, hardware wallet, your ledger, whatever it is, and don't sign any transactions from that wallet, right? The only things you should ever have done from that wallet is having transferred in your assets and then transfer them out when you want to sell them, but don't sign or give approvals or anything else to it. There should only be an in and out wallet basically. And that way, if you do make a mistake, if you do click on a phishing link, or if you do um, accidentally give up your seed phrase for your hard wallet, whatever, for your hot wallet, whatever it is, like there's no asset, valuable assets in there for people to take and you've separated your assets and, and you have um, your, your safe stuff siloed somewhere else. So um, if you haven't constructed that system for yourself, and I think a lot of people don't because they're quite lazy to do it. And it's like, oh, I just can't be bothered to set my ledger up and transfer things. And I know it's like, um a bit of a pain just please 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 do it because i've seen friends and people close to me be lazy and apathetic about doing that and eventually they end up making a mistake and then you lose everything and, and that's it there's, yeah there's no it's literally out. it's always i think even for the safest people it's that one mistake i mean wasn't it kevin rose or someone that got hacked? i mean some of the like kevin biggest rose, yeah. names in the industry exactly. who know better than literally anyone else have made the one mistake the one click the one time even that friend tech scam recently, I almost like I got a text message and just dismissively almost responded to it. I mean, it happens all the time. Uh, Jessica, any, any, any thoughts? No, I completely agree with you guys. And I think as well for a lot of people that are watching, the last 12 months have been a really strong narrative for take your money off centralized exchanges. And unfortunately, this needed to happen in the industry because self-custody is something which is so important. I think we forget in this decentralized world that we're in, that actually the whole point of crypto is centralized points of failure. That can be people, that can be platforms. The technology itself is not flawed, but how you store them or how you activate them or who has kind of ownership of the platforms that you use, they're the areas and points of failure. So really just kind of make sure that you have full ownership of your funds and you just have to test it out. For a lot of people, self-custody sounds terrifying i know terrifying. when i tried to explain to my no coiner friends one of them picked up my trezor wallet and was like wait so you actually like you have your wealth on this and i'm like you just have to start that process you have to start test it out get familiar with it because once you do you understand the importance before it's too late you don't want to realize the importance of data security when you're too far down the line and you have to explain to them that their wealth isn't actually on there, but it's actually just the keys that are, yeah, whatever. We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Uh, Fred, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, unplugging your oven, uh, your fridge, uh, your Wi-Fi, everything, leaving your house, not having any crypto is pretty pretty safe. 
<laughs> no, I'll joke aside. Like for me, like I think uh, a security, uh, 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 I don't know how to say that in English, but a vault, like a security vault in a bank, I think it's uh, as, as much as I, I want to do like crypt all crypto related and, and no banks, but I, I do think having some, some stuff in banks, uh, putting your ledgers there, it can be, can be a pretty good if you have like a multi-sig in different banks. Um, that's, that's, that's personally what I think it's, it's the safest. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, there's going to be, there's, they, they get smarter and smarter. Like the, the like they, there's discord infiltration and they go on the discord for months and they just get friends with everyone. You know, like it's, it's kind of like you don't trust anybody at this point. I like I for me I closed all my DMs. Um and even like even if I receive a DM from from a friend, I don't even click on anything. I like I I became super cautious. Uh, but yeah, it's it's hard to trust people, especially after I got axed to me, I was like, everybody's like dead to me. Like I don't click anything. Um so yeah, I think it's uh I think, especially if you're self-custody, I think you do need to be more cautious, uh, which is why, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, Fred, I think your point about safe deposit boxes, that's what we call them over here, safety yeah. deposit box or safe deposit box. I think for anyone, once you go further down this rabbit hole and you do get hacked and, and all the things we've described, you probably go down the road of multi-sig, which is what I do with my Bitcoin. Certainly, you know, I've used CASA multi-sig for, for years geographically dispersing it. It sounds so insane, but you really do get to the point where you see that as compelling. But Ovi, I loved what you said sort of about having hot wallets and cold wallets. And I know Ledger is obviously one of the presenters here. And Ledger Stacks is like, for anyone who's tried it, it's from the guy who literally like uh, invented the iPod, right? And so, and they, they literally stack together so that you can have the ones that you kind of put in your safe up to the wallet that you might carry around to literally show off like, you're a cool NFT or something, or to, you know, keep 500 bucks on there if you want to transact in real time. I think they've created a really sort of novel and slick solution that allows you to self-custody all the way from like the wallet you're using at the store down to, you know, your million dollars in Bitcoin that you never want to touch and you're planning to hand off to your kids. And so I think for people to check out solutions like that, really dig down into self-custody, Maybe there's a good time for us to have a conversation about self-custody. Jessica, like you said, you know, that's the point of this, whatever. But then you get to the point where you become your single point of failure. And there's a whole, whole laundry list of things that you need to be able to do so that you don't fall on your head or, you know, uh, lose your private keys. I, I interviewed Pascal from Ledger, and he told me a story about losing his private keys that he had hidden too well from himself. And this is the CEO <laughs> of Ledger, right? It, on a podcast, he told me this. So like, I, again, even the most sophisticated people, you can get, there's a fine line, I think, between like securing your stuff and getting too clever even for you. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And this also goes back to the sim swapping topic of kind of throwing your ego out the door. This can happen to anyone. If Vitalik can get sim swapped, then anyone is at risk. No one is kind of safe from this. I do think that when it comes to self-custody, you have to find a way that works for you. So as Obi made a good point and you kind of highlighted it, you know, multiple hot and cold wallets that can have kind of an order of priority. So you can make sure that you have the easier way to navigate in and out of this ecosystem because there is no kind of what you don't just have um, one bank account. So you have to be able to navigate 
um, in different solutions that are going on. Um, and I, I think as well, the products are getting so much better. We have a lot of these kind of people that have been in crypto since 2016, 2017, and the products were difficult. The UX and UI was not easy. And as you've mentioned now, kind of the, like the leading um, storage wallets in the industry are definitely getting more and more user-friendly. Yeah, I agree. Fred, Obi, you guys have any really practical advice for once you go down that sort of self-custody rabbit hole, huge glaring mistake that you might make? Like I said, I mean, hiding your private keys too securely for you to even find is one of the huge ones that I've heard so many times, right? I, I actually I met someone once who, um, I think he was like one of the original Ethereum devs or something. So he probably had tons of ETH. And he was like, he, he reaches over to me and shows me his hand. He's like, feel my hand over here. So I feel it. And there's this hard like chip in his hand. <laughs> and he says, uh, my C phrase is like, in, in on this chip in my hand uh, no way and then why would he like, tell you seems well, like so, you're gonna go far enough to do that <laughs> you would never tell anybody that the chip is in your hand lest you find yourself with no hand well, in the morning. so he, yeah. he then he then says it's actually a fake c phrase and he's memorized the real one but if he ever gets like <laughs> if he ever gets like kidnapped or something he's like oh, i'll just use this one it has like i don't know like 10 ether or something like that and then the real one he's like completely memorized but yeah that's a honestly even memorizing feels dangerous Dude, I don't. I can't remember my kids' birthdays. So, but I don't want to know my seed phrase by by heart. Like, it's like there's no way. Like, ugh. yeah. My, I've I've Rough memorized deniability. Yeah, I've, I've memorized three different seed phrases, and there's no other record of it other than in my head. So, yeah, um, no, I'm good. that is safe bold, safe. man. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully Obi, you're the get, exception, like, not the rule here. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't recommend that. Hopefully, I don't like get mentally. I would say write it down and put it in a safe deposit box, or write it down in three pieces and put them in three safe deposit boxes if you want to get really cute. Or use metal. I think is a pretty uh, novel yeah. approach. There's a, there's a lot of ways to do it. Hey guys, I have to ask you though. Do you think we're encouraging people here, or we're scaring the shit out of them? Or do you think that we should scare them so that they'll take it very yeah, seriously? I think, yeah. I think you gotta I think you gotta feel scared because otherwise you won't you won't make the change, right? Like if you don't feel worried, you're just gonna be like, ah, oh, whatever, it'll never happen to me and, until it's too late. So yeah, like everyone should feel very scared right now. This could happen to you. But it's also the current state of the reality of crypto right now in in, in our age, right? Like it's it's what we have to deal with. Like it's not like in ten years the, the, these issues will be nothing. Like they, they won't they won't exist or they will be worse. We don't know, but I feel like this is something that needs, we need to educate people because we don't, like I personally don't want anyone that I know to get the same act that I get, you know? So that's why the, the minute I got act, I, I was really public about it. Even even though I got super bashed, people were taking telling me I was fucking stupid. I am, I know it. So I don't need anyone else to tell me, but at least I'm warning people that will do the same mistake that I did um and it was important to me to be very transparent public because that's how you make that space grow and that's how you make people safe basically like people learn from your experience and it was really important to me. Yeah, I told, I, in 10 years time oh sorry to interrupt in no, 10 please. years time self-custody is going to be such a no-brainer and people yeah. will be looking at us like no way so in the early days of crypto because this is the early days still guys i think they'll be like you guys use centralized lending platforms where there was some dude ceo and you trusted to try and earn seven percent apy 
they'll view that as madness and they'll view self-custody as the absolute no-brainer common sense of course you'd use that you'd be stupid not to um <laughs> that's kind of if i have a crystal ball this is what i'm expecting from the next 10 years of crypto which is how it should be this was the intention all along right um so yeah, I it. agree. I'm, I'm 46 years old. I did my college applications on a typewriter. Not even kidding. So if, if I can look back at uh, what's <laughs> happened in the last 26, uh, 28 years of my life, I can't even imagine with the exponential growth of this space, how easy all this will become. But to your point, how laughable it's going to be. Obi, you and I kind of pointed out really quick, our first mistakes were like what we would, I guess, view as trades where we could have made a shit ton more money, right? Yeah. Um, I want to tell people, though, that, that those aren't really mistakes. We look back at those, I think, in hindsight, it's sort of laughable at what could have been. But you can, if you're going to trade or invest in this market, that's the biggest, I, I would say, like pitfall you can mentally take is looking back and seeing what could have happened. I mean, both of us are sort of laughing and begrudging these things, but we actually made money on what would have been viewed as good trades at the time. Right. And, and, and nowhere in my mind did I ever, uh, can I blame myself for not knowing that Doge was going to go to, 75 cents when Doge was literally like a fraction of a penny and was the most fun cycle to trade over all those years. And you certainly could have couldn't have known that minting 150 board acres while you were drunk, that that was going to be the one project that made it to, to those prices, right? So I think just mentally people should understand we're kind of kidding. You know, you, you look back and you kick yourself, but like hindsight is 2020 and nobody has a crystal ball when it comes to trading. The other mistakes were wholly avoidable. <laughs> yeah, for, for, yeah, for all of us. So this will go around the horn. Any last thoughts? And then I think we've uh, done a great job here. Wrap it up. Ovi, any final thoughts here for, for the audience? Yeah, I hope, I hope you didn't scare anyone too much. But I think, um, you know, it's important to understand what you're dealing with here. And you're dealing with your own money at the end of the day. It's your own savings. It's your own investment. So you should care about it as much as you care about things like your house or, you know, your prized possessions. And this is the same thing. So I'd highly recommend educating yourself and um, you know, using all the tools and resources that are out there available to you, like being here is a great first start anyway, as it is. Um, and just, you know, just look after your crypto. Like it's like a brand shiny new car that you just bought, um, or, you know, something so prized and, and dear to you because that's what it should be. That's what it should feel like. And, and that way you will take the right precautions, um, and take the, the appropriate care to make sure, um, you don't get tripped up. Yeah. Especially imagine if you bought that shiny new car and it didn't have insurance. Treat it like that. Go ahead, Fred. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I think, I think it's all about like not blaming yourself too. Like if you make mistakes, like a lot of people, like a lot of my friends who made like these kind of fishing mistakes, they just left that space, right? Um, I think there's so much room for improvement and growth. So it, like, don't beat yourself if you make stupid mistakes. Yeah, totally agree with that, Jessica. Uh, and we say all the time in crypto, don't trust, verify, but the platforms that you use, the links you click on, the people that you work with, make sure that you're not working for an organization that has too much of a centralized point of failure. Anytime that it can be as decentralized as agnostic and you can verify as much as possible, make sure you do so because it will come back to reward you. I 100% agree. I think the major takeaways here uh, just... Uh, like think three times before you do anything in this space, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, don't, don't click on any links under any circumstances, make sure that you've secured your seed phrases, be really careful about your authenticators and don't beat yourself up too bad. If you make a profitable trade, that's uh, going to be worth tens of millions of dollars in the future. Guys, I think we did an amazing job. Uh, always humbling, but fun to share our biggest fuck ups, I think. Uh, and 
Fred, just like you said, it, it's kind of embarrassing and it's not the most comfortable thing, especially when it's in real time. But think about the thousands of people you probably helped uh, who saw what you were going through and didn't make the same mistake. So I think that's all we got for you guys. Uh, thank you for being a part here. Thank you for having all of us obviously be a part of the uh, Festival of Learning here. I think it's amazing what Real Vision does is doing here. And of course, like I said, check out that Ledger Stacks. It's a pretty awesome product. And I know that they're the sponsor here. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Join over 5,000 attendees for the largest AI event in Asia, Super AI in Singapore, June 5th and 6th, 2024. Edward Snowden, Benedict Evans, Balaji Srinivasan, and over 150 others will hit the stage, joining the industry's most influential to explore and unveil the next wave of transformative AI technologies. Singapore will become a vibrant AI hub for a full week from June 3rd to the 9th, with over 150 side events that will make for unparalleled networking opportunities. Visit superai.com for 20% off tickets with the code REALVISION. Look for the link in the description.